Welcome to Dream Up by Burdock, a weekly podcast show connecting you with inspiring Asian American creatives by exploring what they do and the paths that got them there. This is Dream Up. Hi, this is Peter Ashley. Today I'll be talking with Kapono Chung, the founder and creative director of Combo Office Inc., a New York-based creative branding studio that has worked with brands such as Nike, Away, and Chill House. They are also responsible for the branding of Burdock. Capono is also a working advisor to Scope of Work, a talent development agency for young creatives of color. Hi, Capono. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited about it. I just want to start with you telling us who you are and what you do. Okay. Um, my name's Capono Chung. I uh, have a small branding and design agency called Combo that's located in Chinatown. But as it is, we're at home now. And can you share a little bit about what a branding agency does? So a branding agency will basically take a company and give it personality. Anything from your mission statement to your defining factors to like what what you stand for, who you are. And so that is kind of like the strategy, the brand strategy part of it, which is sets the foundation. And then we will give a look and feel to that brand strategy and make it look interesting or pay off what kind of personality we've set up for it. So, and that kind of plays out in logo, color palette, typography, photographic point of view. I think the classic example is the way that is Nike or Apple, you know, two totally different looking brands. You know, both have a lot of history and branding and setting up their look and feel and their personality and stuff. Uh, you know, Apple is definitely more more simple and more sleek. And Nike is definitely more, you know, appeals to a younger audience and is a little bit louder and is about getting out there and doing something. And can you talk a bit about how your journey started? I grew up in Korea. From the ages, I guess, seven to 14. Then I went to high school in Vancouver Island in Canada. And my father had a design firm in Korea called Simpact. And he was part of a group of people that was bringing design into Korea. So essentially, a number of the things, a number of like the early brands that were out there were a lot of them were sort of designed by my dad, like these big department stores like Shinsege, you know, Galleria. And they also did some work for like a telecom or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but there's there's a number of these like old firms in Korea that were all designed by my father and his company. And essentially that that was, you know, a huge inspiration for me. I grew up around design constantly. And, you know, I was encouraged to draw. I was encouraged to be into art. And I remember I told my dad one day uh, while I was in high school that I dropped art in order to go into dance. And I said I wanted to be a dancer. And so I started taking you know, a lot of ballet classes as well as you know I started to break. And my dad was so upset with me, so annoyed with me. And he was like, you got to be a designer. So that's it. And I was like... <laughs> And I'm lucky I didn't have to be a doctor or anything or a lawyer. He was like, he was like, you have to be a designer, you know, and he wanted me to take over his, uh, his practice for a long time. I never thought I would be doing that. He unfortunately passed when I was in, in my freshman year of uh, college. 
and his company went down at the same time, obviously, but he had a, he had quite a large company. It was about 20 to 40 people. It would, you know, fluctuate like that. But uh, he made sure that, I mean, my parents made sure that I got into an art school, which led me to New York. So I went to Pratt out here um, for four years. And, and that was back in um, 2001. I just never left, you know, and I always wanted to move out West, but that never happened. And I kind of got stuck here due to the fact that there's so many, that you just create a lot of relationships here in New York. Even in Pratt, I was going, I was going from being an industrial designer to a designer, to a graphic designer, you know, and I would go back and forth and I would try to figure out if there was anything that I wanted to, because I really enjoyed creating products. I enjoyed creating a lot of different stuff. And there was this one guy, Terrence Conrad, who was like this famous designer who has basically designed everything from hotels to restaurants to logos to anything. And that's who I wanted to be. I wanted to be like that. You know, my dad, he also had, he also created um, a store that's really similar to what a Muji would be um, in Korea uh, called Kamgak before he passed away. And that never really took off, but I, I've always had this uh, draw towards the way products work and the way that they look. And I like to design all those different aspects of, of one's life and of my life. After, after school, I, when I graduated, I just remember having $20 in my bank account, not really knowing what to do next. And um, this person, Nathan Phillips, who is um, a friend of my brother, he was doing something with an agency and so we helped him design this basically tour of punk music in dc it was called the capital of punk and for some reason that project because it was for the iphone before anything and you would basically go to a location and a text message would be sent to you about what happened in that location and so it was a tour that you can do in a city about in dc about punk music and how it started and began and this got us into the moma so right out of school my name was in the moma that's amazing and that's actually the the highest like the most famous i've ever been is that is that <laughs> one point <laughs> but um after that there wasn't any real connection there he nathan phillips actually owns his own agency called that I forget like what it's an acronym for. And I work with him once in a while. But after that, I basically got picked up at this company called Big, which was Ogilvy's branding group. And so I started freelancing with them and I really enjoyed working there. It's where I met all of my mentors. I got the chance to work with this person named Brian Collins, who is infamous in a way because he's a genius, but he also gets uh, kind of upset in a way that's not great. But he he's he's a big reason why everyone who was at um, who was at big at that time, you know, kind of went on and a lot of them went on to mother design and then after that have done other sort of creative things with their with their lives. But I learned a lot being there. I learned about process. I learned about how to um, have my own opinion about stuff. I met, you know, one of my closest mentors, Mark Aver there and Christian Cervantes, who also brought me to Mother. But when I was at Big, I went from there to a company called The Brand Union um, with Richard Bates and Chuck Rudy. You know, and I was there for a little while and stuff. And then I moved on to AR New York for a little bit. And then I went to Mother. And I think um, 
jumping around like that was really great for me. I was at Mother, you know, when I was 29 till about 31. So I was only there for two years and I met Michael Ian Kay there who was really um, influential in the way that everyone, like a lot of design is done now. So he, he created, I guess, this system of mood boarding that was basically quite extensive. It would be the first like section of a branding project. So did you start Combo after your time at Mother? No, after Mother, I basically, I was uh, freelancing around for a long time. I would freelance at different places here and there. And I essentially had this idea to try to figure out if there was a way to rebrand companies from the inside out. And I felt like Mother had, it's a huge agency and they have great design work and everything, but because it's so large, it becomes very expensive to retain an agency like that. And there's a lot of bureaucracy. There's a lot of stuff that like happens there. And so as the direct to consumer model kept coming up for a lot of different companies, I thought there might be something, a way to sell myself as a direct to consumer sort of branding agency. And I got lucky because we, someone who was at mother had start had become the chief creative at Cole Hahn. And so Another uh, mentor of mine, Rob Trossel, and I were, were able to go in-house at Cole Haan and help them rebrand from the inside out. And this was a three to four month process, which uh, was a really short period of time to be able to do branding of not only that company, but I think it was of the their like offshoot uh, Grand Zero or something. Um, so there was also that company that we branded in Cole Haan. And we, in all of the work that we created there exists today in a very real form, which was kind of interesting. It's actually, you know, I talk a lot about this, like lately I've been talking about the 2008 crash because of the pandemic now. And one of the big things that came out of the 2008 crash was just the fact that everyone had to work a lot harder for half the amount of money and half the amount of time. And I really think that that's how the mood boarding process became such a serious process because it really allowed someone to kind of look at these mood boards and, and visualize what their identity would be before anyone actually put any real pen to paper. So it was something that was like, that felt like an innovation for branding at that time. So we kind of were able to bring everything down to like four months um, which I think a project like that would have taken mother, you know, six to eight months. And now we were basically like, because we worked so closely with the branding team there, we were able to essentially get like, not only leave behind a guidelines of how the brand can play out, but each of those designers knew how to do that. They, they, they worked with us on it. And so they knew how the brand would look, and should look and kind of like be out in the world. And we kind of recreated that model for Ann Taylor, then a direct-to-consumer company called Tommy John. And then after that, I found myself at a company called Away, um, which is uh, the luggage company. And that was really, really interesting because the the two people, the two women that started it, Jen Rubio and Steph Corey, you know, they came to me with a really terrible deck. It had 10 pages in it and it was like the luggage looked terrible and everything and it was it was so bad and i just and i remember giving them a scope for a certain amount of money and they were like and they wanted to cut it in half and so i was like okay well in order for me to do this i want to be able to affect everything 
I want to redesign the product. I want to I want to make sure that everything looks good and that, you know, we kind of launched this thing in that way. And they allowed me to do that. And that was a really interesting project. Like I knew that this company was going to be big. I didn't realize how big it was going to be, but I knew that they had a really, really great idea and that we could affect the way that design is done for the future. And I used to think about this company, Monocle. And Monocle, they essentially changed the way a lot of people design. Like everyone wanted to be them and everyone everyone wanted to kind of copy their design. And I remember just thinking of a way in the same way. And I was like, this is going to be a company that's going to be larger than Monocle. This is going to be a company that will change the way people look at design and it'll be seen by a lot of people. I mean, it didn't really change the way people look at design. We wanted to turn them into much more of a lifestyle brand. Essentially, when we left, they kind of changed things. They slightly shifted things to be more commercial and more approachable for a lot of people, which was the right move on their part, you know, and they know things about their business and, and how and how people kind of respond to their to what they're doing really well, because, you know, they used to work at Warby Parker. They were part of the first 15 at Warby Parker. They understood the direct to consumer world and model, but we understood design, you know, and so we wanted to make sure that it was designed with this idea of, you know, this romance of travel in mind. So, yeah, we're that really allowed us to get our start. And we basically, uh, my partner and I started Combo at that point. We worked on a lot of direct-to-consumer companies after that. Chill House was a really big brand that we worked on at that time. And, you know, the success is due to Cindy and Adam and how great they are to, to work with. And, and every time Chill House is mentioned, really, Cindy definitely, you know, attributes a lot of stuff to to us. So they're they're really great that they propelled our business so much because they talk so much about us. Do you have any tips or advice for someone wanting to pursue a career in branding? I think the landscape is changing so much and it's going to change a lot right after this pandemic. I don't I don't know if anyone ever finds themselves wanting to be in branding per se, but that that could change that could have changed, but I I don't think anyone really knew what branding was when I was younger. Most people thought of it as design or logo design or website design. And I think a lot of people that are into website design and stuff are actually into branding and branding an experience for someone to kind of walk through someone's brand online digitally. I think anyone pursuing branding, they should try to learn as much as they can on the agency side of things. Try to be very involved in in the strategy and understanding like what it means to research brands and consumers and creating a strategy that makes sense for those brands and consumers. And then to be part of the team that's problem solving, not the team that's just designing, because then you just become hands and you become someone that's producing stuff rather than actually um, at the top of the stream where you're, you're kind of directing the flow. And what's next for you and combo? Anything exciting that you want to share? I'm not sure. I mean, there's a, you know, we're going to keep on this path. I think before the pandemic, there was definitely talk of trying to figure out how to, how to brand startups in a way that 
you can take equity as well as a little bit of cash too to keep everything going. And after the pandemic, there's going to be a lot of new companies that come out. I was listening to um, uh, how I built this and they were talking about how in 2008, there were a number of different new companies that were just born out of out of a recession. And I think that that'll probably happen now more than ever because there are a lot of people that are kind of at home just trying to think about what they can do. You know, people that don't have jobs, people that aren't, you know, working day to day and keeping themselves busy, they will be coming up with new companies right now. And so there's going to be a huge boom of startups right outside of this. And we want to be able to help those companies create branding and, you know, come out into the world in a really interesting way. And one of the things that I see happening with companies is that like before it was just the the product was um, that was the thing that people bought. Now people buy the brand too. People buy like if there's a good product and there's a good brand, it'll allow someone to buy that over the competitor, which has just the product and no brand to it. So you're buying into the lifestyle. Yeah, you buy into the lifestyle. I mean, Away is a great example. You buy into that lifestyle over Samsonite right. and stuff. And and it's like some people just don't know don't know Samsonite, even though it's been around for such a long time, for you know, a century basically. And I think that now that we're in this situation where people are buying product and brands, there's there's just a new set of consumers or people that are gonna that want to know that the company is good. There's now it's gonna be wrapped up in and you're going to try to look for the product. You're going to see if the brand is good. And then you're going to see also if the people that run the company are good. And when you say good, you mean from a moral point of view? Yeah, I think it's going to be, it's definitely from a moral point of view. I mean, we're already seeing that now with um, the Me Too movement, you know, with a lot of like toxic work culture habits that are being pushed out now. I know that Away just went through some stuff. And I think it's like, those things are are really hard to go through. And I think that the new companies that come out now are going to have to feel like they are true and authentic to who that person is. You know, I just heard about this company called Aloha Poke, which is a, um, so Poke is, is, is a Hawaiian food, which it's like, it's fish with limu and um, it's like uh, eaten on the side. It's like, it's considered a side dish, but it's become very, very popular in the States now. Um, you eat it with rice and, you know, there's poke spots all over the, all over the place. And this company called Aloha Poke was, uh, they trademarked the name Aloha Poke. And then they started suing everybody and it's run by white people. And that was, and that, you know, they got dragged for that hardcore. You know, they, they really got, people started calling them out and everything and they, wrote an apology and i think that that is those are the things that are happening now which are great that companies have to be very true and authentic to who they are i mean it's sad that a white guy is basically trying to take the words aloha and poke he's probably never even grown up in hawaii or been there or anything i mean i'm not sure but right but i guess there's a sense of accountability that companies are being held to yeah yeah they, they definitely are. And there's just much more visibility into, into all of that now. So I think that that's kind of, that's a really, really important thing. Like it's, it's something that 
my company tries to definitely look at when we're working with people. Like we, we try to ask whether they're the right person to be working on this, whether we're the right people to be branding it too at the same time. And, you know, I think that a big thing that's been on our minds is, is having, having enough people with different mindsets in our company. You know, and there's uh, my wife's company, Scope of Work, um, run by Ida and Geneva. They are, you know, they're a talent development agency that places young people of color into create into the creative industry. And they've helped us place a lot of people, which also allow us to have very different perspectives and, and you know, kind of uh, multiple perspectives coming into one area that um, allows us to have like, really great design and also allows us to check ourselves in, in different ways. Well, thanks so much for your time, Capono. And thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you to Mark Redito for the music. Please support us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. And join us next week on Dream Up.